Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. Uh, my man Patrick plays jams uh, that are supposed to give us hints and clues as to what the new theme of the day is. Uh, and the theme for today is Vegas. Talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. Your Las Vegas Raiders, Patrick, which we'll get into uh, coming up here because they got a big game tonight. And I believe that is the reason for the theme. Before we get into that, because I'm sure there's some sound that Patrick found that he was uh, – I guess he was just scavenging the interwebs and found some really cool sound. <laughs> and as a Raiders fan, I'll just let you explain it, Patrick, because I don't want <laughs> to talk down on the Raiders. So we'll get into that, too. Uh, there's a funny story that I want, I want Patrick to tell, too, because we were just talking about Colorado. And Dion going to Colorado, big topic of discussion. So everybody's, uh, you know, talking a lot about the Buffaloes. And I admitted that I went to uh, Boulder uh, as part of my recruiting visit. Um, and I, at one point, man, I was really excited about uh, Colorado and potentially playing football there. And Rick Neuheisel, who I still to this day uh, say is a really cool guy. I've seen Rick a few times after my recruitment. We actually hung out in Vegas for like 30, 45 minutes. We won't go into detail about that story. I was actually at Texas uh, when we were in Vegas hanging out. It was me and Sims and Shano, and we saw Rick Neuheisel, and I'll just keep the rest of that privileged stuff between me and Rick. But uh, it was good stuff, and I found out talking to Harge that Harge knows Rick Neuheisel really well too, and through a friend, he's hung out with Rick Neuheisel and actually went to dinner with him. Didn't know that either. And then through his random conversation, we found out, Patrick, you have a random connection to Rick Neuhausel. Actually, that is probably a little bit more, I, I think it's more of a connection than Harge or I have. And we hung out and met the man. You never met the man, but your connection is strong. Yeah, the connection is, and I was actually talking to my, my mom about this over Thanksgiving. But it is, uh, so my parents' names are Aaron Dwight. So both their okay. names were always misspelled and mispronounced all growing up. So when they were, me and my brother were born, they're like, we're naming them name, names that everybody can pronounce. And so my brother's <laughs> name is Michael. And then Pat is a family name, but it's all from females. So they were like, we don't want to name just Pat. Uh, and so my parents were big San Antonio Gunslinger fans. Uh, I was actually born during a San Antonio Gunslingers game. So my dad was upset he had to miss the game to go to my birth. <laughs> but the quarterback of the San Antonio Gunslingers at the time was Rick Neuheisel. <laughs> and so they already had thought they were going to be Pat, and then they were like, well, we like Rick Neuheisel, so we're going to name him Patrick. So he has the Rick, and he, if he ever just wants to be called Rick, he can be that after Rick Neuheisel. <laughs> so really your name is Pat Rick. It is, it is, it is placed, <laughs> it's put together. Man, I, can, I wish I had I, – actually, I think we can get in touch with Rick Neuhauser, honestly. I think we can do it. I do, do degrees of separation. I'm pretty sure I could get Rick Neuhauser's contact information via through like one or two people. Actually, I think my man Chip Brown probably has it. We got to get, Chip, we gotta get Rick <laughs> Neuhauser on the show, and we do have to reveal that you – you know, basically, we're named after Rick Newhouse. Yes, I'm that, sure that nobody's ever had an an end like that with Rick. Man, he's got to be appreciative of that. Yeah, I don't think I don't know how many people name their you know kids after the quarterback for the San Antonio Gunslingers. <laughs> but uh, man, I'll tell you, that's why San Antonio needs a football team. These people be naming their kids after the quarterback, <laughs> the Gunslingers. Seriously, man, I don't even know how long to put the Gunslingers around. Do we know? Not that long. Man, not that long. Not the that house long. was devoted. 
Pops was a real fan, man. That's legit. So, yeah, apparently Rick Neuhausel, there's a connection that connects the entire Ball Don't Lie crew through Rick Neuhausel. So one day we'll get him on the show and just explain that random uh, weird connection. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, your uh, Raiders Patrick, because, yes. uh, man, they actually have figured it out the last three games. Uh, they've been on a three-game winning streak. Now, they started out the season on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they were 2-7, and seven, but now they're 5-7. and seven. They're playing some good football, and mostly it's around Josh Jacobs. They just figured out, you know what, we're going to work smarter, not harder here, and just hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs, who's leading the team in rushing. Actually, leading the league in rushing, I should say. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. The Raiders' plan is throw, uh, hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs until they have to start loading the box and then throw it over the top to Devontae Adams. Like, I don't know why this yeah. took so long to figure out as an offense. <laughs> was, hey, man, we like the Josh Jacobs thing is crazy because before the season, there was talks of trading him, maybe even cutting him, that he wasn't even going to be in the that. lineup because John Gruden and that camp did not like Josh Jacobs for whatever reason. Like, he had one really good year and his second year wasn't as good and they had basically moved on. And then the Josh McDaniels camp came in, and they were like, oh, let's give him a shot. And he's turned out to be one of the best backs in the league this year. No, he's been unbelievable. And to your point about the formula should have been simple, you know, run Josh Jacobs, force him to load the box, then you got one-on-one coverage or at least favorable coverage for Devontae Adams. Since Devontae, this is a good matchup, Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey, I would put my money on Devontae Adams. But Devontae Adams had a really bad game. I think it was week eight versus New Orleans. Um, you were a Raiders fan. You probably remember this, Patrick. Yeah. He had one reception for three yards, five targets, and that's when I think that was probably the uh, – honestly, I think that was probably the low point for them this season. I haven't watched a lot of Raiders games, but for, for Devontae Adams and um, Derek Carr, I think that was their low point. But since then, 67 targets, 41 receptions, 664 yards, over 16 yards per reception, seven touchdowns. That's all in the last five games and now he's leading the NFL in touchdown receptions he's basically become like we all thought he was prior to the season the best receiver in the league since week eight yeah and I mean this is one of those things and this is where you know I'll get mad at coaches and offensive coordinators of not realizing talent can beat other talent and you try and scheme everything so perfectly that you basically scheme and go, oh man well Devontae Adams will draw a double and a triple team so that'll leave Holland's open and that'll leave Renfro open. You're like, yeah, stop trying to get Hollins and Renfro open. Stop trying to <laughs> stop trying to throw to your backup and third string tight end because Waller's hurt. Like you have to just go to the guys. Devontae Adams in double coverage is still a better receiver than anyone else on that team. And once they realized they could just basically try and get him and pull a safety off with Josh Jacobs, they could just start throwing the ball up to him and he's been dominating. He has been. He's been unstoppable. And I know they're going to put Jalen Ramsey on him a lot in this matchup. But if I'm a fantasy owner and I own Devontae Adams, nah, man, that, that should not deter you from putting Devontae Adams out there because in the last two games versus the Rams where eh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he, he, he guarded him a lot, but it wasn't the entire time. So he wasn't shadowing him the entire game. But the last two times Devontae Adams has played the, Raider, the Rams, excuse me, he's got 17 receptions for 170 yards and a touchdown um, a lot of that against Jalen Ramsey so it, if I if I have to pick between you know a top-notch wide receiver and a top-notch cornerback usually I'm a cornerback and I'll tell you I'll take the wide receiver most of the time um, so I think that that matchup which is probably going to be the matchup that the Rams are hoping is going to favor them it won't in my opinion and on top of that the Rams are just banged up man they, no Aaron Donald in this game uh, Patrick, no Allen Robinson, of course, no Cooper Cup. I mean, they just got a lot of their marquee premier players are just out. 
Well, no, and I mean, you know, it's bad when you're like, is Wofford going to be ready to go? That's much. that's a problem if you're a backup quarterback who has played pretty poorly. You're still wondering if he's going to be okay. They've said it's going to be a game time decision between a eighty percent Wofford or a Baker Mayfield who's probably had the playbook for about a day and a half. Yeah. And I honestly, I, something in me wants to see Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, we all want to see it just because we want to see what's different of is this the same Baker that we always seen or is this a exactly. Baker that, oh, man, okay, now he's starting to figure it out and maybe he worked better in this scheme or whatever else he can find. But we want to see it. I'd pro- kind of prefer to see him get at least a week of practice in so that it, would, it, it doesn't look so bad on him if he looks bad on a Thursday night football because everyone looks bad on Thursday night football. That's a very good point. Yeah, and I mean, he got. They said they, they shipped him the playbook as soon as they claimed him off waivers. Um, and Tom Pelissero, as you just pointed out, said, "Yeah, basically his role will depend on uh, Walford, Walford, who is questionable because of his neck. But if he's not feeling great, then Baker Mayfield might end up, you know, getting some real playing time um, or even getting a the start. They had the other kid. Was it Bryce Perkins? I believe." Um, yeah. the Rams quarterback. He is a uh, starter. He played in a Kansas City game for him. It was 13 of 23. Uh, I believe that was 100 yards passing, two interceptions. He wasn't great, but wasn't terrible in that game. Uh, they got to rely on their running game, and their running game is one of the worst in the NFL. They're 30th in rushing, the Rams are. Uh, but they did have 170-plus yards versus Seattle. Cam Akers coming back. That's got to be their hope here in this matchup. They can slow. They can basically slow things down, slow the game down to a crawl, and really just take the you know really take the air out of the ball and not even allow the Raiders to have a chance to get up big on you. Yeah, I mean, I think if you told any Rams fans at like right after the Super Bowl that they would be be waiting in what week fourteen with uh, Baker Mayfield at quarterback and. <laughs> Cam Akers, who had been deactivated earlier that season because he was so bad, yeah. you that was that's who you're relying on to win you a football game. You might be like, no, no, that does. That, there's no way we collapse that quickly. Like, yeah, everybody gets hurt. No, but it's, this is a this is an epic, like unprecedented collapse post Super Bowl for the Rams. Though the Rams have the worst record ever for a defending Super Bowl champ through through 12 games. No Super Bowl champion has ever been this bad <laughs> through tw- a defending Super Bowl champion this bad through 12 games the next season. The 1987 New York Giants started 4-8 and eight, uh, in a strike year, though. So they finished 6-9, and nine, but four of those losses were by replacement players. So this is, this is actually a real NFL roster that's, do, that's playing this bad. And it just paid guys like Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald uh, and Matthew Stafford. So we haven't seen this six-game losing streak is the longest by any defending champion in Super Bowl history. Yeah, Rod, do you remember it that? guarantees something based on a losing season. Yeah, do you remember that, uh, that Chappelle show skit when keeping it real goes wrong? This is the Rams <laughs> yeah. season is when running it back goes wrong. <laughs> it's all they can say. We're gonna run it back. We're gonna run it back. Like, well, no, you didn't. You were gonna saunter it back. It went limping. <laughs> Best. Oh man, you're right about that. Yeah, I, I I never thought about it, but you're right, man. They wanted to run it back. That was the motto, right? Everybody kept preaching. They were running it back, and I thought they were actually gonna, you know, be in pretty good shape to run it back. Um, but man, uh, the injuries have just decimated this Ram squad. And yeah, it will be the first losing season for Sean McVay 
And I think tonight I got the Raiders, baby. I think y'all keep their winning ways going. I, I think you got four in a row, Patrick. I got, do. There, and, I mean, they've got some some easier games coming up on the schedule. I Really, if you're you're watching it now, too, you're like, okay, you have to keep playing the smart way of playing, of keeping Josh Jacobs going and Devontae Adams over the top. That has worked very well for you. Keep that going as long as you can. Hope this defense can figure out how to get pressure at any sense. Because you brought in Chandler Jones, you have Max Crosby, and they still, I believe, are last in the league in sacks, which is just a problem. Uh, But So you have to start to figure those things out because your last two weeks of the season are 49ers and Chiefs, and if you drop both of those, you're probably going to be knocked out of the playoffs anyway because you've already got seven losses. So you're you're that, and then you're rooting for the Jets to basically implode and uh, be able to catch that last playoff spot. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, Um, and they need some help, but if they can just keep winning. I mean, they, they'll uh, do themselves a whole lot of good, especially since that division we all thought would be a murderer's row. Turns out not so much. Uh, uh, that's the Denver Broncos have struggled, and the Raiders have struggled a little bit, but they definitely are finding their groove. And, and Patrick, I'm going to let you open it up with this uh, audio that you sent to us because you're a Raiders fan, so you found <laughs> it. You had to scavenge the Internet to find it. It's I can't believe this has not been – and I don't know how old it is, but even when it came out at the time, I can't believe it wasn't a bigger deal then because I don't even really remember it. Yeah, I don't um, remember it being either. a big deal. All right. But well, you let the so people know I have never heard of this before but until you sent it to me. So this is uh, DJ Williams, who was a linebacker on the Broncos when Josh McDaniels was on the Broncos as a head coach. Uh, he's on the I Am Athlete pod, and uh, he was discussing their hot start uh, with the Broncos when Josh McDaniels took over. McDaniels. Is an offensive coordinator, was an offensive coordinator in New England during all those championships. He came to Denver. I never in my life was more prepared for a game than the years that I played with Josh McDaniels. They took preparation for a game. For me, it was on some psychoanalytic. For the the meeting on, on a Wednesday, and he would lay out keys to victory. This is how we win the game. Every time we did exactly how, what he said, this is facts, bro. we won. Is he said, look, when they line up in this formation and you're their linebacker, they're running a deep dig behind you. He said, at the snap of the ball, sprint to the hash mark. He said, if you turn around fast enough, you got to pick. If not, it's going to hit you in the back of the head. Like, like, like that. And so we did that for six weeks. Yeah, facts. We, facts. Wait, wait. Facts, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm about to hear, here come the twist. <laughs> you turn. We, we, get, we, get, we get to San Francisco. We play San Francisco. We end up losing to San Francisco. We're supposed to beat San Francisco. Okay. Here's what happened. Our film guy got caught because we had to share a stadium. Got caught filming their practice. That's the Belichick way. Say it, now, say, now say it again. Spygate? Say it again. That's the wait, Belichick way. Wait, 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 wait. Spygate? Our film guy got caught filming their practice. One week later, Josh is fired. Josh tried to say the film guy, who was his boy that he grew up with, I had whatever. We started out, I believe we started out 6-0. and We ended up 8-8. Eight and eight. After that, that, that junior spy gate happens, the junior spy gate, <laughs> we lose six out of eight games, and I bullshit you not. Once that losing streak happened, we was we was we was having breakfast. We was in there. And it was like, damn, man, I knew we wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> we was cheating. <laughs> we was, we was cheating. 
Yeah, so that was uh, that was the the tale of the Broncos being six and zero and Josh McDaniels' head coaching experience as a winner. Wow, and what that was Tebow, right? Yeah, uh, no, that was Fox. No, that might have been that was either, no, probably Tebow either was John Fox. Yeah, well, Tebow. Yeah, but it was like Cutler and Kyle Orton. I think we're in the yeah, Josh you're right because he era. drafted Tebow though, right? Didn't he draft Tebow? Yes. Yeah, I think he, he did, did because there was a whole thing. Of, they were looking good for a little bit, but. Yeah, everything is with Josh McDaniels. There comes a thing of where it's all scheming and trying to outdo the other team. And that's what I say with the Raiders right now. They're doing the good part of, hey, man, we have talented players. Let's just lean on them, and we can do a lot of things. We don't have to overly scheme. We don't have to beat them and find a guy in the corner that's wide open every single play, which helps to do if you you know have film on the other team and you know how they're going to defend things. Yeah, because it's it, it just like, you know, when you have a Devontae Adams or you have a guy like Josh Jacobs, what you need to scheme is just one-on-ones and then, then, then emphasize your guy, we got to win our battles, win our one-on-one battles. I'll get you one-on-one with that guy. If we get Devontae Adams on Jalen Ramsey, trust that Devontae Adams is going to win. And that's what they're, I think that's what they're doing right now is why they're winning a lot of games, just trusting that their guys are going to win their one-on-ones. But that is – I have never heard that audio, and I really haven't heard anybody really reference that story ever. It went so under the radar. Um, I think actually they called the baby, uh, the baby spy game. The baby spy game, yeah. <laughs> but no, the fact that yeah, they that he got caught, and I believe what they did to get away with it was he basically said, "Oh, we're not spying on them." Uh, that was a guy that doesn't work for the team, even though it was McDaniel's guy. They were able to play off that he wasn't with the team, and so at the time it didn't seem as big. And then when you realize they went two and six after that, or whatever, yeah. two and eight after that, it's big. Then I was like, oh, 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 no, he was cheating. (laughs) But by that point, everyone was just making fun of him because he was a Belichick guy, which, fun fact, they play the Patriots next week, too. So we get to watch that matchup next week and a big matchup for them if they can win tonight and then go and play the Steelers the week after that. So you can get some wins here and keep this win streak going if you win tonight. Yeah, uh, now you're right about that. And I I think, strangely enough, they're going to be still in the playoff hunt when they get a win here. Oh yes, I mean uh, the Jets are uh, what six and five, something like yeah, that. Seven and five. Uh, so yeah, if they're seven and five, and the you're only two games behind them. Man, uh, yeah, crazy story there. Uh, man, everybody, everybody needs to make sure that uh, Josh McDaniels is not up to his old tricks again. I guess that's the whole point. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into another NFL-related story. This one is also about, you know, the quarterback position here and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, bad news, but also some good news. I guess you want the good news first, so the good news, bad news. We'll do that for 49ers fans coming up on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horns. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday, and the theme of the day is Vegas, actually. That is the theme because we're getting ready to watch the Las Vegas Raiders. Patrick's team, his Vegas Raiders, uh, taking on the L.A. Rams tonight. Speaking of tonight, tonight also the College Football Awards were given out, are being given out as we speak, actually. And congratulations in order for the new uh, Doak Walker Award winner for 2022 
Lifetime Longhorn Bijan Robinson. So uh, congrats to Bijan. Um, I mean, I think it was pretty much a done deal uh, that he was considered by most to be the best running back in the country. Uh, but now uh, it is a, a it is a done deal for sure. It is official. Uh, 1,066 rushing yards after contact, 104 uh, forced missed tackles. Both of those numbers are the best in the country. So congrats to B. John Robinson, uh, my man Patrick Tobin. He wasn't physically in New York. It's not a physical presentation, uh, but an award show. So uh, he did um, get his TV time. <clears throat> and I'm sure now the big uh, conversation, or at least the big question from Longhorn fans is, will Bijan Robinson be available for the Longhorns in the bowl game, and will he decide to uh, come back to the 40 acres, or will he forego his senior year and decide that uh, he's going to pursue his NFL dreams? Um, I think most people believe that is the, the latter is more likely uh, than the former, him coming back. All right, let's get to some good news, bad news for 49ers fans. Uh, the good news, well, you know what? Let's go with the bad news first, actually. Then we'll share the good news. The bad news is Jimmy G ain't coming back this season, and not even for your playoff run. It ain't happening. Um, my man Shannon says, at best case scenario, um, not to play football, seven to, eight, seven to eight weeks to heal, but to heal. And then we're talking about him rehabbing and then potentially having to uh, knock the rust off in a few practices. Um, so the divisional round happens in six weeks and, and three or four days, depending on when the 49ers would be scheduled if they qualify. The conference championship happens in seven weeks and four days. So I guess you'd be right there, but he's saying seven to eight weeks just to heal, not seven to eight weeks to be back on the field. And you got uh, seven weeks until the champion conference championship game. So it's not likely you're going to see Jimmy G back again. Yeah, that means it's all about Purdy. All about Purdy. And w- and I can tell when this news dropped, we got it obviously today, or I think yesterday it dropped, but yesterday all these quotes from the 49ers players started coming out about Brock Purdy. And it's almost that guy that keeps telling you how much he loves his wife, and it's like, dude, why are you telling me how much you love your wife? Eh, I must say something up there. I know you, you're married to it. Why you got to tell me what you love her? That's what's going on with the 49ers, right? They keep telling you how much they love Brock Purdy. I'll give you some of the Brock Purdy quotes here uh, from all the players. Trent Williams, you would think he's been in the league 15 years. If you're talking, he'll say, shut your blank up. He ain't no timid rookie feeling his way around. He will get on your ass. You would think he's like Peyton Manning or something. Wide receiver's not running. You'll hear him cussing a wide receiver out. When you see him and his makeup, you look at him, an undersized quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. How many Mr. Irrelevants make the active roster? This is what Trent Williams said. Mr. Irrelevant moniker, that's uh, the only way he could get here. It has to be his attitude, his makeup, his mentality, because it's not his size. He's undersized, not a prototypical type of quarterback. Uh, Trent Williams went on to say, I like how confident he is. How such, a, such a small package. Oh, that's not good. Uh, he said, I like how confident he is and such a small package. He, he, I think he meant the whole totality of the package. He said his seriousness, you'll, we'll, you'll get that quote later on. Um, his seriousness, to me, it's so intriguing with the offensive line, the confidence. It's the biggest thing because we're judged play by play. I look at, I look at it like, damn, when I was a rookie, I wish I had the confidence he has. I can appreciate it. There you go. I mean, he's, he's bragging about Here's some more. I'll give you some more quotes. Here's Brandon Ayuk. What we ran on Sunday when Brock came in was the same game plan that we had coming into the week with Jimmy G. So I think we will definitely still have that, of course. He said we'll uh, get to see him play quarterback a little bit more. 
Uh, he goes on to say we, he wants to continue the path that we're on and keep trending the way that we're trending. We saw what he can do, and now everybody knows his situation and where he came from. Mr. Irrelevant, everybody's rooting for him. We all want him to do good, of course, for the sake of the team, but for him as well. Um, Shano did say, kind of echoing what Brandon Ayuk brought up, he did admit it was an easier, it's an easier transition from Jimmy G to Brock Purdy than it was from Trey Lance to Jimmy G. He says, quote, I think it was a little bigger leap from Trey to Jimmy just in terms of running the running element of the offense that Trey had, just how he looked at a game plan, how we positioned the formations and stuff to kind of keep him always as a threat, as a runner. Jimmy and Brock aren't necessarily running threats, so you don't sit there and design stuff like that, but they're definitely both mobile enough to make plays with their legs. So Shannon's saying easier for him game planning wise to make the transition from Jimmy G to Brock because they're uh, similar in their skill set rather than a guy like Trey Lance who is totally outside the box. All right, here are a couple other quotes. Now, Barry, these are, these are a little bit more out there. These come from the San Francisco Gate. This is from Shannon, Kyle Shanahan. All right, he says, he's got some balls out there. Forgive me for saying it that way. All right, other quote from George Kittle. He's got some cojones to him. If you're not confident, guys feel that, he said. Um, Kittle said, uh, uh, I can say that. <laughs> um, another quote, oh, he definitely has some balls, Debo said, Samuel said, in the same terms. It takes that to call a timeout without Kyle calling it, the receiver said. And then one 49ers uh, source in the locker room said, oh, the, his locker room nickname is Big Blank Brock. And it rhymes with Brock. It starts with third letter of the alphabet. That's his nickname now in the San Fran locker room. Big blank Brock. Remember, when Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, remember what his uh, locker room nickname became, right? Big blank Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they called him around there. Had that much respect for the man. So maybe Brock Purdy got, you know, he's got that locker room. He's got them all, you know, feeling good. Maybe he's got the mojo working because now he's earned a nickname, Big Blank Brock. Uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts about Big Blank Brock? You think this is good? You think that are the 49ers, this was, are they overcompensating now that they know Jimmy G's not coming back and Brock's got to be their guy? Or is this just them foreshadowing giving us a little bit of the taste of what they've already seen in practice and in two days that there's something special to pump fake purdy or big blank brock yeah i it is somewhat concerning that there was no mention in any quote about his throwing arm or accuracy <laughs> or any of that it was mostly no, that. it was mostly he called a timeout when shanahan didn't tell him to do it that was mostly what they were all proud of him for so there may be a little bit in there where they're like, hey, man, we got to say something nice about him. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. pretty confident. He's confident. He's confident. Everybody said he was confident. Uh, you're right. There's not one mention of an actual skill set or traits about his physical traits. Let's put it this all way. the intangibles. Yeah, let's put right? it this way. If you read all of those quotes and I asked you what position he played and you didn't know, you would have no hints. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I guess we could read things, yeah, because Shannon says he's got some balls out there. Uh, Kittle says he's got some cojones to him. Uh, yeah, you're right. Nobody talks about his quarterback and ability. But sometimes the quarterback is all about having that it quality, right? 
Yeah. That you have that it quality. And apparently he's got some of that it quality because they're responding to him. Uh, what's the old uh, story from the late great DKR? I mean, Mac Brown always tells it that he was hanging out with it was Daryl Royal. Willie Nelson, George Strait, and Mac Brown. I swear, Mac says this is a real story, and I believe Mac hung out with some big wigs. And they were hanging out, and a coach came up to Derrick Royal and said, Coach, I want to be just like you. And the coach, coach Royal looked at him and said, Well, if you got it, you'll make it. If you don't have it, you won't make it. And if you don't know what it is, you ain't got a chance to make it. Coach looked at him, stupefied, walked off, didn't say a word to Mac Brown, Willie Nelson, or George Strait, or D.K.R. Just walked off bewildered, and D.K.R. looked at Coach and looked at uh, Willie Nelson else and looked at George Strait and said, hell, he ain't got it. It don't take long. You know if a guy's got it or if he ain't got it, and they telling you they think Brock got it. I watched Brock Purdy at uh, Iowa State. I think he had it for one year. Like that freshman year, I thought he had it. And after that, uh, I'm not sure. But I will say something about Shano. Shano likes bad quarterbacks. Almost like some women are attracted to A-holes and D-bags. He'll love a bad quarterback, man. He take, he loves him a bad quarterback or an average quarterback. You know this, man. He, uh, he's been doing this for years. He's been in the NFL now for what? As a, as a head coach. We're going on since 2017, so we're going on six years. All of his quarterbacks have been average to bad. But his system, though, he does, I will say this, now his system actually is going to help him out because he does. he's not a, a system guy whose system is overly dependent on a quarterback. The success of his system actually does not depend on high-level quarterback play. It may be the only system in the NFL, other than the Texans, which depends on basically terrible quarterback play, that doesn't need a quarterback to function at an extremely elite level for them to have uh, uh, ultimate success. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it is this is... This is a best situation for a quarterback injuries is to end up in the 49ers where they've yeah. been able to do it. Man, if you take if you ask Indianapolis Colts fans, they'll tell you he won an MVP with a subpar quarterback. It's <laughs> yeah, a good point. What about Matt Ryan? I think he fell off a cliff. Uh, but Matt Ryan at the time, he was the gym. But as a head coach, Shannon's just been weird at trying to pick out quarterbacks. I mean, it just hasn't worked out for him uh, really well. Uh, but. We'll see. Brock Purdy is their best hope. Them, that and Josh Johnson is now where the playoff hopes of the 49er fans rest uh, on the arm of Josh Johnson, who's got, I believe, 13 career passing touchdowns, um, but he's been on 14 different teams. So more teams than touchdowns and then pump fake Purdy. Uh, that's where uh, the hopes of all the 49ers fans lie. I will say this, though. I was looking up a Cowboys stat. I brought this up earlier for Cowboys fans before we get out of here. The DVOA, which is defense adjusted value over average, very nerdy stat, which, you know, I can bore you to death as to what it means. Basically, it compares every one of your plays to the average plays around uh, the NFL in different situations and basically what percentage of your plays are considered successful. That's basically what DVOA is. 49ers, best DVOA in the NFL since week eight. Uh, which is a 56.4% DVO. Cowboys are second, by the way, but they're second by almost 20 percentage points less. They got a 36.6% DVOA. So 49ers are really good. Look at all the advanced analytics. They're actually considered to be one of the better teams, if not the best team in the NFL by a lot of the deep dive analytical metrics. Um, But I don't know if that makes them a team that can deal with the loss of their first and second string quarterbacks. They're going to try to make a playoff run and a Super Bowl run with a third string quarterback who is also 
a rookie that was drafted last in the NFL draft. We've never seen it. Never. It just doesn't happen. Usually when this happens, when teams make a run like this, they're getting their starting quarterback back, like deep in the playoff. They'll get them back at one point. They're not getting them back. They're just going to make this run with Purdy, maybe with Josh Johnson. Uh, and the 49ers, like I said, look at every other aspect of that team. Skill positions, loaded. Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, load, Kittle, loaded. Offensive line, Trent Williams got all pros on the O-line, pro bowlers. O-line's one of the best. D-line, maybe one of the best, if not top three best in the NFL. Defense, top three best defense, if not the best defense in the league right now. Special teams, actually is a top 10 special teams unit. The 49ers are a 10, <laughs> but the quarterback position ain't. All right, they're a 10 everywhere else, but the quarterback position leaves a lot to be desired. So they'll test the theory about whether you need elite quarterback play to make a run. And if they can do it with Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback, like I said, uh, they'll basically be doing something we ain't seen in the NFL maybe ever. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up. Put it in. We're live from Total Care, Primary Care. Uh, we still uh, come on. I'll be out here for like one more segment. Then I'll let you know exactly what will be tomorrow. Also, keeping up our Toys for Tots uh, campaign and drive. All of that and more right here on Return, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Pop a top again. Mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you're going to have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is... Pop a top again. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. Speaking of what's on tap, uh, my man Craig Waite, Longhorn Weekly with head coach Chris Beard. That is coming up next. And Longhorn uh, Weekly uh, will have special guest freshman guard uh, Rowan uh, Broombaugh and also freshman forward Alex Anumikwe. And Umikwe uh, will join them um, as special guests for their Longhorn Weekly broadcast. It'll be live from Pluckers, the uh, West Campus location. So get on out there and join Craig Wade, the voice of the Longhorns, along with uh, head coach Chris Beer. So we going to be breaking down uh, that loss uh, to Illinois. Uh, man, controlled most of that game to a disappointing ending for the Longhorns. Uh, but I'm sure that they'll learn lessons from that and get better. We'll be talking about that, of course, on Longhorn Weekly with Chris Beard, freshman guard Rowan Broombaugh, and the uh, freshman forward, Alex Anumikwe, uh, will be joining them. Okay, also, tomorrow, we're going to be at South Congress Total Care, primary care on South Congress, brand new location, 2710 South Congress, and we're doing the same thing. So, Life the Tower is going to be out there, Chad and Zay is going to be out there, and then Ball Don't Lie is going to be out there. So, 2710 uh, South Congress, that's what we'll be. Have the Toys for Tots uh, drive as well. So, come on out and you can bring a toy with you, please. Had a great turnout today. I want to thank everybody who came out, dropped off a toy, um, and hung out with us. Um, but we appreciate all of your efforts. But if you're not in the neighborhood today, of course, we're up in Georgetown. Uh, so if you're not up north and tomorrow we're closer to your neck of the woods, uh, come on out there during your lunch break or when you're off work, grab a toy from somewhere and bring it on out. Uh, it's a great 
uh, it's a great deal. It's a uh, nice charitable um, event that my friends at Total Care have uh, really uh, made their uh, made one of their top charity charitable deeds for the holidays. So really appreciate them, and we appreciate you coming on out. Okay, so go to uh, hornfm.com if you missed any part of the shows or missed any part of this show. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. It's that simple. Uh, also, uh, remember go to flxatx.com if you did if you missed any of our flex finalists that we announced and celebrated uh, yesterday. You can go check that out also at flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, also, you might have uh, missed Longhorn Blitz yesterday. That'll be coming up later on uh, after Longhorn Weekly 2. Um, so don't forget about the Longhorn Blitz with my man uh, Jeff Howe, who didn't join us this week. My man Matt Butler was with us. So it's me and Matt Butler with the Longhorn Blitz talking Texas football. And another congratulations are in order for my man B. John Robinson. He is the Doak Walker Award winner. So we appreciate uh, my man B. John for everything he's done. I feel like I'm saying bye to B. John. And honestly, I think I will be saying bye to B. John pretty soon. I hate to say it. I think that's what's happening. I think B. John's going to take this award, and I think he's going to skip the bowl game. He and Rojo, and I believe they're going to ride off into the NFL sunset together. Hate to say it, but I think that's what's going to happen. But we'll uh, we'll be here to talk about it, of course, right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to thank my man Derek for everything that he did. Thank my man Harge out and about. Thank my man Patrick back at the air and compound holding it down. And thank you guys all out there for listening as well. Uh, remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys for meeting it. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.